Folks, Big Jake here just to take a minute and remind you that Music the Lifeblood is not a politically correct podcast. So the following episode might have some colorful commentary on the subjects at hand. Listener discretion is advised. Sitting around with time to kill. If we don't do it, then no one will. Our eyes are cold, our thoughts are old. Fifteen minutes till we lose control. You are now listening to... Music, the lifeblood. Generation behind, going nowhere's just fine. Maybe tonight's the night we die. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Music the Lifeblood. I am your very humble host, Dustin. We've got an extra, ultra-mega special edition of Music the Lifeblood. Why? Because Cassie Roya Baher, that's why. Cassie has been the bassist of Music the Lifeblood favorite Cancer Slug since 2007. And she is also the guitarist and co-vocalist of Devil's Teeth. Her Riot Girl-esque side project. Go check those ladies out because they are absolutely badass. I was fortunate enough to talk with Cassie at length about all kinds of stuff. Everything from her childhood introduction to punk rock, how she discovered and eventually joined Cancer Slug, the DIY work ethic that goes along with it, tattooing, and on and on and on. Tons of great tidbits about what makes Cassie the badass she is. But before we jump into the meat and potatoes of our conversation with Cassie, I just want to take a quick second, remind everyone, Music the Lightblood, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, we're on all that social networking shit. Go find us. We love hearing from you guys. And Music the Lightblood is also available on YouTube. I also host a show called Vinyl Thursday, where you can take a look at all kinds of stuff in my record collection what I've bought, we do unpackaging videos, album reviews, all kinds of other shit. And we also have Music of the Lifeblood's Conversations from the Pit, co-hosted by myself, and Music of the Lifeblood's own third man in the field, Mr. John Carter. We talk about all kinds of great stuff as it relates to punk rock, hardcore metal, and so on, and so on, and so on. All right, that's wrapped up. So, sit back and enjoy our conversation with Cassie. Cassie, thanks for being on the show. Uh, thanks for having me. 2017, uh, you had a notable anniversary happen a while back. It was your 10th year in Cancer Slug. Looking back at the last decade, what's some standout memories? What's uh, what's notable for you? It's been a great 10 years. You know, I I uh, joined at 21, and we went on our first tour of, like, two months after I joined, and it was just a whirlwind from there. I mean, it taught me everything. I know it's like, um, it, it, I guess, like, playing just all the DIY touring. I mean, Kansas Slug has thrived outside of any, you know, um, label support, and it just taught me everything from the ground up. Um, I don't know, playing, uh, like, the whiskey was awesome. Uh, we played from basements to like everything. My favorite shows are basement shows. Um, I can remember on the 2012 tour playing in the Chicago basement. That was like the most fun ever. Um, uh, we played a, uh, uh, Navajo Nation, like a reservation. That was amazing. The people were great. Um, we, we, I mean, we played like, I don't know, house shows are fun. Um, and you know, there's, there's the branding, there's the cutting, there's the uh, pig heads, all that shit. It's just been an amazing 10 years, and I'm grateful that Alex has let me, you know, play with them. I'm kind of curious. So we go back to when you're 21, 2007-ish. How did you initially get introduced to the band? 
Um, well, back it up even like five years before that. It's like that's when I started playing in bands in in town. Like I started my first band in high school it was an all girl band called the Mini Skirt Jerks, and so we were fans of Cancer Slug. We we wrote Alex and asked him if we could open, and he let us. He was always kind um, to any new and upcoming like kids in bands. He was very supportive. So I grew up being a huge fan of Cancer Slug. And then fast forward to being 21, the base spot came open, and I was like, can I try out? And he let me, and I guess he decided I had heart. But what many people may not know is, like, I, I didn't start, we didn't start dating then. I was in a band for several years before we ever started dating. Mm-hmm. So I got in a band on my own merit. Like, you know, we were um, great friends. So the dating came later, and it was, uh, we knew, like, the band always came first. So there was always that level of professionalism, you know, when it came to the band. What do you think... As Alex, as the 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 main man, the the leader, whatever you want to call it, what do you think caught Alex's eye about you as far as as bass player goes? I, I would, I'm definitely not the best, but I think he would say, you know, I I got heart and I'm just like uh, there if he needs me. You know, it's like he's had other bass players. That's the thing is like uh, Alex's story is Cancer Slug. It's his band, so he has a revolving lineup of friends to help him out. I mean, he might have different people on different tours or whatever, that's not the point. You know what I mean? It's really not about any individual, but um, he knows that I've always got his back and stuff. He ever needs me on there. It's like, but if I wasn't in Cancer Slug, I would still be a fan of it. It's like if he had another bass player for, you know, an album or a show or whatever, it's like I wouldn't be mad. It's like I'm a huge fan of it first. And I think that's why, like, um, at shows and stuff, I can't relax. I'm never, like... Uh, I got this. It's always a big deal to me still to this day because I grew up loving it, so I never take it for granted. Do you get stage fright? Oh, yeah. I have huge anxiety. People always think I'm such a cunt, but it's really just, um, I'm just, you know, trying to make sure the merch goes well and then the show goes well, and then I can relax. (laughs) That sort of DIY scene, I, I think there's a little more investment as, you know, with the people involved, there's a little more investment for them personally, and I think you kind of take things to heart, you know, when, when you come from that sort yeah. of, back, yeah. When you come from that sort of background. The most stripped down tour we ever did was a three piece and Alex was playing guitar, which I mean, he wrote everything on guitar and stuff. So that's not a stretch, but it was like, he was playing guitar and singing and then neon bass and then mic on drums. So I would, we would have to like sell the merch before the show, pack it up, put it in a tote, like behind the amp, play the show, pull the tote back out, sell the merch. And then go, and it was fun. That was the most stripped down we ever done. It was awesome, mm-hmm. but um, you know, by any means necessary. I've never, I wouldn't even know what it's like in the way for real. Right on. So what's uh that first show? Oh, it was in like small town Tennessee, Pulaski, Tennessee, and the cops raided it. I was so nervous. Um, <laughs> like I said, I just started playing. Like I learned to play bass to be in Kansas, like so I didn't know what I was doing, but like. It was fun. I remember just um, being crazy. It, the shows used to be a lot more violent then. Uh, it was very much like now it's uh, we have get a lot of love and we, you know, uh, it, they, they still can be violent, but there's a lot more like, support and love and it's a different side of it. But the shows back then, it was very like you didn't know you were about to get jumped or something. So he always it was very militant how we were trained and uh, we always had each other's back like a heads up awareness to make sure like you know your other band members not getting jumped or something so it was it was there was a scariness to it but it was so exciting um but those first shows that first tour it was you know it was kind of us versus them you know 
it was it was awesome. It taught me a lot. Where did that come from? Because you mentioned it, you had mentioned it to me a while back as well that there was a you know a genuine concern that somebody might try to try to steal the equipment. You're going to get hurt. What's what? What was going on? Why? Why? Uh, I mean, I think I think it comes with the art. I mean, abandoned it, cancer slowly. It's not. It, it's based in truth, and and it's like I don't even know the word. Like there's a side to it that is violence and scary. And I mean, it's the nature of the art. And I think um, you go around and, and people, especially redneck Alabama, you know, <laughs> like uh, you know, I mean, it's 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 born of like it's born of violence. So I mean, just me being green, it was exciting to come into that and. And like I said, he taught us like uh, a militancy, like you know, get your shit up there, get set up, play, and break it down. Don't you know? Don't fucking just dig around. Like get in, get out. It was like a, it was like a force, you know. And, and that's I still keep that in my head today. Like um, try to be uh, professional about it. Had you guys ran into in the underground in the DIY scene where people bands weren't doing that? Do you think it? It came as a reaction to that, or was it just? Oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I get it. I, I don't know. It's like Kenzie was never worried about anybody else. It's like he had done, you know, that first tour I went on in 2007 wasn't the first tour. I mean, he had been touring years before that. He's been sure. doing it for two decades, so he had like, you know, already, you know, started kind of blazing that trail, getting a name for it, and you know, those early shows, even way before I was in it. We're crazy, we're nuts and stuff. So it, it may have had a reputation preceded. I don't know. It's like, um, I, I got in that, uh, on the DVD, Do Demon Sing, it's like that one chick jumped me and I was just a drunk bitch. And that was like, the hometown shows are great. Like, the, my favorite place to play is probably, you know, one of them's Huntsville just because of the, the love and the, the slow cult here. And then the other place would be like, probably LA. And it's just as good. And then uh, up in uh, Rhode Island, I mean, those are three little pockets uh, out of many. I mean, there's so many, like Texas. I mean, there's so much love all over the country for us. Mm. It's like those shows are wild and crazy, and there's so much positivity and stuff and good vibes. Like, you know, it's it's got a spiritual side to it. So it's not all bad. But anyway, that chick didn't, yeah. She just, like, kept touching me. And I was like, stop. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I just stabbed her with the, the doll base, you know, and she's bigger than me. I pulled me down on, on her. That's like at the end of that DVD, it goes to chaos. But, I mean, there's always that. You just got to be prepared for that. It's the nature of the beast, I guess you could say. Right on. Is there sort of a, a therapeutic element to it? Sure. It's spiritual. It's like every show is spiritual. Anyone who's been to it can tell you that. It's like there's a, he is a rock and roll shaman. I romanticize the whole thing because, it, I think it's beautiful. I, I, I'm still in love with the art side of it, and I think there's truth in every bit of it. And it's just a spiritual. It's like the church of the football. It really is. Sure. The uh, the unholy spirit, as you call it. When was the first time you encountered uh, the unholy spirit? Uh, I remember going to cancer Slug shows, um, being 16, 17, 18, and like a guitar flying through the air or Alex riding the guitarist. And, and I mean, it was just crazy shit back then. It's like, so it always had a air, I think, of mystery. And it always had that really cool uh, thing that I was drawn to anyway. And so I jumped at the chance to get to be in it. And right. I, like I said, I still look at it like it's, it's not fake or anything. I look like, like, it wouldn't be going this long if it was disingenuous, I think. Sure. You know, I think people 
people like that, you know, who are into that. And that's not for everybody, you know. So you said that you learned how to play bass, uh, specifically to be in Cancer Slug. Did you? Yeah. Did you start? At, <laughs> did, you, did you start out on guitar at a young age? Uh, just sixteen. I'm self-taught in every aspect of my fucking life. It's, it's um, uh, you know, uh, that dwarf song. Act like you know. I mean, that's really the story of my life. You know, I just <laughs> tried to figure it out. I wanted to be in it, so I was like, you know what, I can do this. And Alex gave me the best advice that I can give anyone else. He gave it to me early on as a friend. He's like, anything one person can do, you can do. And so I really t- took that to heart, and I just tried. So, I mean, like I said, I'm not very good. I just get it done. It's not, <laughs> it's, it is what it is. Well, I think, I I mean, from a as far as a from a rhythm section standpoint, you know, I pick apart a lot of the music I listen to, and I think uh, there's a, a lot of the time that, there's a lot of bands, and I would say Cancer Slugs included in that, that get uh, kind of passed off because of, you know, sort of the, the vicious sort of quality of it and tends to, right. be, tends to be written off pretty quickly. But I think as far as you and Mike go, I think there's more going on there than what uh, a lot of people listen, you know, or a lot what a lot of people notice. Alex writes all the music, but he lets us, you know, put our own flair on it. But, like, um, I feel like... That all stems from being a close, like close friends and stuff. It's sure. like he could get better, better musicians, like clearly. But uh, you know, he gives the scumbags a chance. It's like um, uh, I think that all that it just comes from us being good friends and stuff. And sure. As a band, it's. I mean, it's obvious that it's the the kind of core of the band has gelled around Alex, Mike, and you. I just, I, I, I would just say Alex, he could use anybody anytime, and it's still an incarnation of cancer. So, I was like, so like we just did the uh, acoustic show, and he used us, well, basically us three girls from Devil's Teeth as his backup band. And, um, I mean, that's still Alex, it's still cancer. So, it's still all, you know, him. But yeah, he's used me and Mac the longest for sure. Sure. What do you think, uh, Mike? Um, cause I mean, I haven't heard much from Mike. I don't, you know, it's didn't, I've never heard like interviews or anything like that. What do you think, what do you think Alex likes about having Mike around so much? They came from an older scene together. They're closer in age and they're like, they remember what it was like coming up and stuff. And, uh, they're just good friends. It's like, Mike's a funny dude. He was Mike. It's like, <laughs> if I'm just glad we got a lot of fun on tour, you know, a lot of hijinks and shit. He's, sure. a, he's, a, he's always he's always down, you know. It's like that's something I'll say with him. It's like he would tour on a drop of a hat, you know. And he does it for the love of it, you know what I mean? Sure. There's no, we're not out for anything else than other than just the love of it and the art side of it. Gotcha. So going back to uh, being young, I want to talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Is it is it safe to assume that you probably got introduced to to punk rock probably somewhere in your early teens? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I know that you're. I know that you're a fan of the Cramps. Yeah, just my favorite band of all time. How'd you get exposed to them? Uh, oh God, it's like uh, I live in a small town in Alabama, so we didn't have like any record store or anything. I think it was the early like um, music sharing and stuff, like Audio Galaxy and crap like that. Like, so I remember getting like mislabeled uh, dancing stuff. Like I thought. 
<laughs> like I, I loved the Misfits and I would try to download Misfits songs and they would be mislabeled so I didn't even know uh, Sam Hain I thought it was all the Misfits and stuff I mean I had no mm. this is a really small town uh, but yeah just through that it, I think like uh, you know I had a friend that showed me a couple bands and then I just started aggressively going down the rabbit hole and there's nothing but time on your hands you know Clamps sure. Black Flag The Misfits it all you know Minor Threat Bad Brains that's my favorite core stuff it just kept ferociously looking for more bands and more bands and the first time I heard Cancer Slug a friend of mine I was like 16 or 17 and someone played a cassette they had made I thought it was Misfits I had never heard I was like this is so awesome and they're like oh they're from Decatur I was like oh my god and I was obsessed ever since do you remember what do you remember what the first it was it was yeah it was horror oh it was the first album okay that album is so freaking good. I was just listening to oh, it. Oh, That and I love Alabama Bloodbath a lot. Yeah, I was about to say that was like it led to that, and I was like, oh god, this is this is everything. I mean, it was so surreal going back, being a, like a, a shy girl. Like even though I did bands and stuff, it's like I'm still super shy. But I don't think of it as me on the stage, and you know, as like a group. So I can I can do that. But hmm. like first time meeting Alex and stuff, I was just a shy little kid like oh I was uh so ner- nervous like because just I had already loved Cancer Slug for so many years but sure I sound like a fangirl but I mean I guess I mean it's true that's that comes with the respect I'm still a fan of it you know sure so how did the uh, how did the 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 relationship come about uh, that was, like I said, I was in the band for three years and that came from both of us having relationships that didn't work you know, I had been married and was getting divorced, and, and then Sam with him, he, he was coming out of a relationship, and then it was just like, oh, okay, let's give this a try, and that's why we've been together seven years. It's like, we were best friends before that, so it's easy. We're silly, and we have a lot of fun, and it doesn't even feel like seven years. It feels like just yesterday, so. <laughs> did, did it or does it affect the band? No, I think because I was so cautious of that like I, the band held it all across like a book like you know like you don't ever let relationships fuck with the band's number one rule I mean like you know he told us that all of us that were playing with him at that time relationships don't affect the band you know don't let a girlfriend or boyfriend uh, ever come in between the band that was just the rule when you joined it so like nothing would change like business is business you know it's like we get shit done you know it's like in our private time that's private so everything else we just you know we're really good at just getting shit done you know the touring and like you said it's all DIY so there's no time to be petty or have the regular little relationship fights because you're just you know, doing this thing you love with somebody you love, so. Sure. It's not for, it's not for everybody, I mean, like, I've met people that romanticize it, oh, I want to be like y'all, da, da 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 we didn't start the band dating, the band was going for a long time, I joined it without dating him, on my own merit, you know, just joined it, sure. and he was never, like, you know, he wasn't, like, flirting with me or nothing, I mean, years before we did it, so. Well, I mean, it's, it's a foundation to build upon. You know what I mean? It's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It's not for everybody though. Touring life is hard and shit. And like you know, there's a, you know, like and I see a lot of like girls that date musicians. They want to go on tour or whatever, or vice versa. The guys want to go, the girls want to. And it's like 
especially when it's all DIY and stuff, it's like there's blood, sweat, and tears. You know, it's not for everybody. It's not uh, always a party and shit. So it's hard. Sure. As long as you love what you're doing, then it, it is fun every day. Sure. So the day, the day-to-day stuff, you know, look at the Cancer Slug Facebook or, you know, see whatever's being posted, that sort of thing. We'll say, uh, we got to, we're making a bunch of shirts. We're screen printing a bunch of shirts, that sort of thing. I was, I've always been curious about how that stuff works. Do you guys, you know, when, when we have a day off together, we're going to make shirts. Luckily, there's like enough, like there's so many people that want it and there's, Enough people into it, like we're able to get shirts printed up now and stuff. Mm, okay. And so we we have a a good friend, Rob Browntree, that helps us with a lot of that, like sending shirts out and stuff. He's there out of Arizona. He's a good friend, and he he helps us with stuff. And it's like, like, but okay, let's say for a local show, let's say for a show like we just did. Yes, I go and I sit in the floor and I screen them motherfuckers, like, and I just do it. You know what I mean? If I have help, cool. If I don't, I got it down to, like, a pattern. I hold it with, like, my knee. I screen it, and it drives in, like, five <laughs> minutes. You know what I mean? It's, it is what it is. I try not to do that because I suck at sending stuff out. So I don't do that for, like, the, the we have a website, the official com, and you can go to the merch page, and that's, like, shirts that are printed up and sent out in a timely manner. And sure. Shit, but, like, yeah, like on tour, okay, so there's a box I keep of like 10 screens and the ink and the squeegee. I take that shit with me. Yeah, we'll be screening in hotel rooms. <laughs> I remember, I, mean, I, I, it's, <laughs> I just, I think it's neat. I, I think it's neat. I remember. Yeah, being, yeah, it's I, fun. I remember being like, uh, I probably would have been like 14, 15, 16, and I came across this uh, picture that Erie Vaughn had took of Glenn Danzig uh, screen printing these big posters I think it was for a show at Max's Kansas City. Yeah, and, I've seen that picture. It's amazing. Yeah, I, me- I remember going, huh, well, that's how they do it. And I just, from then yeah. on, from then on, I've always been kind of curious how bands function that way internally. Oh, I just have to. It's like, um, you might not have a couple grand to, you know, buy printed up shirts. And more power to the people that can, you know, that have help. There's nothing wrong with help, you know, do you, whatever. But it's like, I've always... You know, we just have to do it by any means necessary because the, when you, the kids come to the shows, man, they want the fucking merch. It's like there's, we have a great following, the Slug Cult. I mean, they're all over the world and there's some of the like most loyal, badass people. So we just do what we got to do. What do you think about the Slug Cult? You know, why are they so enthusiastic about the band? Because of his arc. I mean, hands down, it's like same reason I am. I mean, like, People all the time tell them, you know, that it got them through tough times mm. or, you know, whatever. It's soundtrack to, like, exactly what they needed in those dark times or whatever. And I feel like they can tell maybe the, the sincerity and their genuineness to him as a person. I think he wouldn't be going this long and be this big in the underground if, you know, it wasn't something to it. I think it's a testament to his songwriting and... Mm. um I mean, like, I I can't sing his praises enough. I mean, I have total respect and reverence for him. Hmm. You mentioned the songwriting. How does it work? It's almost like he just vomits out songs constantly. Yeah, I mean, it is. It is. <laughs> I mean, that's, he's talented. Like, if we, were, if we were to walk into Alex and Cassie's house. It's full of instruments. It's full of toys and comics. And posters and full of music gear, bro. Right on. 
So how does when if we were yeah if we were to walk into the house and Alex is working on a song, what's what's it look like? You know, is he sitting on the couch in front of the TV? Is he standing in the kitchen? Oh, I don't know. I mean, there's no set way. You know what I mean? I don't. It's just there's no secret sauce. Like like he just does what he does. You know what I mean? That that is the secret to it. It's just that's that's within him. You know what I mean? He's just talented and fucking yeah. He's always working on music. Hmm. That's why he has like three over three hundred songs, you know, and and he's he's great at melodies and he's great at wit and and, the, and emotions and stuff. He's a great writer, and and I hate when people say like he's lucky to playing with Doyle or something. It's like fuck no, Doyle is a fan of it, and that's really cool. So I wish people would give him the credit he's due in that respect. It's like he worked really hard to say someone's lucky is like a backhanded compliment to to insinuate that it could have been you. It's like. Give the man some credit. He's good at writing songs, you know. Sure. <laughs> I was listening to a while back. I did a I did a review of uh, Symphony of Savagery on our YouTube, and I remember picking picking all that stuff apart. A lot of that, a lot of those songs, you can you can go back and find elsewhere in the in the catalog and older versions mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Why do we Why do we pretty consistently get redone versions of everything? I don't know, it's not really a question for me, you know what I mean? I think sure. that's more something for him because obviously he maybe thought that it didn't get done, just, you know, like maybe he wants to show a, um, a side of it that he couldn't show with limited, you know, recording capabilities or maybe it came off something he considered a demo earlier. Sure. You know, if he considered something a demo, then he had to do it a certain way and then when we get a chance now to go into the studio, he's like, you know, this song could really hasn't even reached its potential. It's not what it, I had in my mind. So, mm-hmm. and I, I growing up on Cancer's Bug and then redoing some of the songs on Symphony, I like both versions, and I'm not just saying that because I can place the old versions to times in my life, and the new versions make me feel a different way. So as long as we keep doing that, like we're not just beating a dead horse. It's like I think we're showing a different perspective, and with so many songs, it's like there's some I guess that. He wants to flesh out a certain way, I guess. I mean, you might want to ask him that. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I'd love, I'd love to sit down and talk with Alex at some point. But yeah, you I should. Gotta... I didn't realize you hadn't, and I was like, oh, I'm nervous now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll be able to figure it out at some point. Let's talk about Devil's Teeth. Uh, it's an all-girl band. I started a couple years ago with my friend, but it just ended, so there's not really much to talk about. <laughs> oh, you guys, you're, you're calling, you guys called it quits? Yeah, yeah, we're just, we're putting a pin in it, but it's gonna lead to other projects. Once we have those other projects, like, fleshed out, we'll be able to talk about it. But, uh, it was just something me and Bobby Payne started, my good friend Bobby. And then, uh, we just, her and I both wanted to play aggressive music. And for all girl bands, it's not a lot of that. And we love L7, Baby in Toyland, you know, mm. that's, that's my favorite shit in the whole world. That inspired me to play guitar as a female, inspired me to start bands and stuff. So we just, I think, to be a female in a band and you want to sometimes be cute or whatever, it's fine. And we also want to be aggressive. We also have, you know, things we want to say. So um, that's where Devil's Teeth was born. What was your first exposure to Babes in Toyland? Oh, man, on the cassette tape and fucking just changed my life. I mean, I was just obsessed over it. I recently got to see them like, the last couple of years. It was the most amazing show I'd ever seen. They were still so great. I just recently found, 
you know, that I love L7, like, I had always had, to, in my mind, had to choose between them or something, like, I don't mm. know, because ba- Baze was my favorite since I can remember. L7, man, it's so good. <laughs> it's so heavy and good. Well, what's, what's, L7's interesting because they are, their their catalog kind of swings from one way or the, one way or the other. I mean, obviously you can. Isn't you, that the best though? Yeah. Well, I think the variety and it's cool. I I like it. I saw them. I saw them in 1996 opening for Marilyn Manson. Oh, and, uh, that's so awesome! It was a really really interesting show. I I mean, everybody talks about Donita and and I liked watching D Placas play because I thought yeah. they were, they were really really solid rhythm section. Well, um, one time. When I was growing up, I think the the absolute show that made me want to pick up guitar was seeing Cancer Slug and Jucifer play. Mm. When I saw Jucifer, I was just enamored with that chick, like fucking Amber Valentine. Man, she's so amazing. That made me want to go home and pick up the guitar. And then, of course, Poison Ivy is like right. huge inspiration, 100%. I I hear I hear a little bit of um, poison ivy in your guitar playing for the Devil's Teeth stuff. Yay! Oh, that's a huge compliment. Thank you. <laughs> well, you got I mean like that sort of like tremolo, like slight, you know, yeah. slap back, delay, reverb, that sort of thing. Do you? Oh yeah. Do you dabble in rockabilly or surf or anything like that? I just write songs, like usually lyrics first. Growing up, I didn't go outside a lot. I, I stayed in my red books, red poetry, red comic books. So the poetic so- side of things, as I, like if I write a song, it's lyrics first. And that's probably why I love Kendrick's book so much. I love all his lyrics. But like he's a great lyricist. Right. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, Alex. <laughs> uh, Alex as a lyricist, there's there's times that he reminds me of H.P. Lovecraft. And then there's oh yeah, and then there's other times it's like um, like Frank Sinatra meets Edgar Allan Poe, I think. Yep, those are all like you know he loves H.P. Lovecraft. Uh, those are all influences. I think I don't know the the Bible. I missed my chance to pick a to pick up the Bible when it released. Uh, I think it was a couple of years ago. I regret not getting one. And- I'll uh, ask him when you're going to reprint the Oz and send you one. It's like one exciting thing um, I was going to tell you about is um, Sassy for Satan is getting printed up on vinyl. Like we're just waiting on it to get back from the oh, wow, right. like distributor, cool. and then he's told me to tell you that. Um, uh, from now on, we're gonna have vinyl like on hand, so that's really exciting. Oh, that is awesome! And then tomorrow, the acoustic show that we just played is gonna be for sale. So it, it made a really cool live album. So I'm excited for everyone to hear that. Oh, nice! Right on. Yeah, I heard. I saw the post the other day. He um, seemed like he was real happy with the the actual audio, the recording of it. Yeah, it sounds so good. Like Bobby was playing cello playing bass and a little bit of drums and my friend Margarita came up there and helped with the drums too. So it was fun. Right on. So uh are you a fan of Bikini Kill? Yeah. Thank you. you. Have you have you yeah. followed, have you followed what like the Julie Ruin, what Kathleen Hannah's yeah, doing? Now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. That I saw that they were I saw that they were touring um through I don't know I could have swore I saw a date down south. Are you are you a bit are you a big enough fan that that's something you would want to yeah. go out and check out? Oh yeah, yeah, hands down. It's like uh, Bikini Kill helped shape my youth too. I mean, I could list a million girl bands that like I'm. I'm all about that shit. It's like uh, a band I'd really like to see is Coven. Jinx Dawson is mm. 
she's every day. She's awesome. She's, I keep saying awesome. This whole interview is going to be going awesome. Uh, Jinx is from Indianapolis, and I think she still lives here. If I'm if I'm not oh. if I'm not wrong. I oh, think. is that is that where you're at? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Indianapolis. Yep, yep. Oh yeah, we played a, a several shows there uh, with the band, uh, 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 the Dockers at Casa de Cotex uh, years ago. We played several shows there, though. That's a good little city. There's a lot of good fans there. Yeah, it's in, Indy's an interesting scene. There's a lot of it's a lot of death metal up here. Doom, death, doom, and stoner metal. I think I don't, I don't know. I think it's interesting. I want to go back to sort of the lyrics of Cancer Slug. You mentioned earlier. I think you said real, real life, that sort of stuff. Some of the lyrics are pretty gnarly. It's it's not for everybody. Rape train in the dumpster behind the clinic. You know what I mean? There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. Is there anything you yeah. you ever encounter as you know, do you ever look at it as a woman? I'm a little iffy about that, or is it just? Oh, how, no. do you, how do you see it? Yeah, I don't. I don't. You know, I don't see it like that at all. Uh, I feel like people that have a problem with are looking for something like to have a problem with. Like when he's talking about rape, like I'm not assuming that's against me or anything. And it's like art. You can't judge. Like I don't go into art judging it. Like. To get offended, I, I guess. I just don't look at any art like that. Like, um, mm. I think it all comes from a place based on, you know, emotions, and that's not for anybody to, uh, pick apart, I guess. Like, you either like it or you don't. And, like you said, that, some people might stop at the lyrics and go, oh no, you know, like, it's not for me, or whatever, and that's fine. And some people get the, the wit and humor out of it, that's what they get out of it. And some people get something else out of it, the, the dark and the occult side, the spiritual side of it. So it's all those things, and it's not any one thing in this society we live in. It's like uh, a big deal to call people out and, and say you're offensive and da 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 da. That's just so lame. I don't know. I, I don't think there's anything like I don't know with art. I just look at it different as a woman. I don't know. I don't think of it like you know how like if someone calls you a bitch, like that never gets on my nerves because like I know I'm not like you know what I mean. Like sure. it can't hurt me. So like. So I'm not looking for that in, in the art. Like, I'm not like, oh, how is this putting me down as a woman? I think true feminism is just not giving a shit what anyone thinks. Mm-hmm. Like, not worrying about if you're equal. Just fucking do you, you know what I mean? And then you, you are. Well, I think I'm rambling. I, I, <laughs> I, well, I think it's interesting because I was, I was actually, I was thinking about this the other day. I think I was talking about it with my co-host on the pad, on the podcast and, Sometimes you feel like people are looking to be offended at something. Sure. And yeah, it's the internet. The internet culture is fucking all about that shit. But I don't. I don't. Know, I don't the internet gets on my nerves because of that shit. <laughs> I'm, I'm with. I'm with you on that. So the 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 sort of uh, the macabre stuff that's came up that's came up a couple times. You said you got you know interested in you know, art, poetry, comic books, that sort of thing. What's the attraction for that from, like, an artistic standpoint? Why are you into it? I don't know. It's all born from, like, suffering, you know what I mean? Just in some some way, it's like you can find, like, if you're going through a hard time, there's certain art that helps you go through it. And because you know that person's gone, gone through it, too. And, like, um, I think that's where the lyrics of Cancer Slug, like, real attracts real, I guess, like, Hmm. People that can 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 identify with it, 
and you know, and I'm not talking about just like the wit, you know, because there's a he's a master of his craft, you know, he's his delivery and stuff and rhyme schemes and 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 joke and stuff. That's all great, and but there's actually true, you know, emotion there, and that's what it's what's based in truth, and that's what people I think are attracted to, and sure. definitely what I what I was attracted to as well. Okay. You mentioned Danzig earlier. How big of a Danzig fan are you? Yeah, I'm a huge Danzig fan. This has shaped my youth. I still love them. It's like Danzig influenced everything dark, you know what I mean? It's Mm. like I'll always be a fan. I mean, you're a Misfits fan, obviously. I mean, the reunion, you know, we got another show announced. and We saw them in Chicago. Yeah. It was awesome. (laughs) Yeah, what was it like for you? It was amazing. It was... uh, we got to be like where the sound booth was. It was so surreal. <laughs> they did a great job and it was so memorable. They did a fucking amazing. I never thought that I would see those songs, mm. <laughs> you know, played live. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, I talked to Steve Zing, did an interview with Steve and I asked him, you know, any talk that you know of, of maybe like a Blu-ray coming out, like a movie. Steve had said, yeah, there were cameras on stage at Riot Fest. And I keep hoping, oh, cool. yeah, I keep I keep my fingers crossed that something will get released because it'd be a shame not to, you know, not to have it, have an official document of it. So how'd, yeah. you, how'd you get into tattooing, Cassie? I don't know. It's always gone hand in hand with uh, bands and stuff. I guess I started getting tattooed at like a young age, like, you know, I was 17. And so I was interested in it. And then I don't really remember what made the switch doing it, but... I've only been doing it professionally, I'd say, like, three years. Hmm, but okay. I did it unprofessionally. Unprofessionally several years before that. But, <laughs> 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 but uh, I mean, I work in a shop, and I'm licensed and everything. So I'm still learning. You know, it is what it is. It's cool when the fans come to get tattoos. Like, we just had a kid come from Germany and came to the shop here yeah. in North Alabama and, and got the Alex goal. And so that was really cool. That's awesome. So it, where I mean, you've got a bunch. I mean, I think you've you got that awesome looking Catwoman one on your arm. Um, what's, <laughs> yeah. What was your first one? Uh, the logo to the first band I was in, Mini Scriptures. It was a skull and crossbones. I got it on my stomach, and I tried to hide it from my mom. And I guess she saw it when I was asleep, <laughs> coming in her room to talk to me, and uh, she went ballistic. She took my door off the hinges. <laughs> oh, sorry. Sorry, Mom. My second one was uh, Angel Fuck on my stomach. She was like, that one, too. <laughs> oh, like uh, like, like the song? Yeah, that was my mistress tattoo. That was my first mistress tattoo. Okay. It was for the song. What, why Why is that? Is it your favorite? Why that one? I, I mean, I guess 17-year-old me thought it was the shit. Yeah, it was my favorite song at that time. So I'm just <laughs> I just love it. The everything about it. It was really cool. And then I have a one thirty eight. I need I still need my Crimson Ghost though. Yeah, that was that was one of my first as well. I have a I have a Danzig skull tramp stamp. Oh nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what was Well Alex let me kinda of learn to tattoo on him. I did a lot of his and um uh, he's a good sport about it, so yeah, I've seen. Uh, I mean, he's got he's got the he's got the Doyle the skull. I know he's got a Misfits one on there. Did I see a Papa Emeritus from Ghost tattoo on his arm? Yeah, and Black Flag and King Diamond. Okay. Um. Yeah. 
Uh, Phantasm. <laughs> uh, we just did a Crypt Keeper the other day. It was fun. Oh, nice. So is it, are you guys Ghost fans? Yes. yes. Yes? Okay, right on. Have you gotten to see him? Uh, I've seen him once, yeah. It was awesome. I saw him in, I think, Birmingham? Okay. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had to pass. They came, they came through Indianapolis a while back, and I had to, I had to pass on him because there was just too much stuff going on, but... It was right after the the big lineup change, and I was kind of bummed out about it. Oh, I was before that. I love that guitarist. He was awesome to watch play. Yeah, uh, Alpha, the good lord. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, he's really good. Yes, he's insanely good. It's frustrating how good he is. What's uh, obviously we got? We have the live album. Uh, we got that happening. Yeah. We've got and Sassy First Satan. Yep, the the vinyl. the vinyl, and then we recently had uh, Fuck the Bullshit. This is Cancer Slug a while back. What's uh, what's what's on the horizon? What what do we got coming up? I don't know. I don't know. Lots of cool stuff. I mean, this <laughs> just stay tuned. Go to officialcancerslug.com. dot uh, com. We'll have more merch, and then I'm hoping that we sometime we tour the um, acoustic show because I think it's really really different and fun mm. and it'll be a, a really cool thing to show people so maybe maybe that sometime do you think the is the slug cult you think they're going to be into the acoustic stuff oh yeah they already are it's like yeah. uh, we did a show in 20, 2014 it was amazing we did this one and I've never seen so much like genuine like love for it like people were so they just had a good time. It was such a cool experience to be there. So yeah. it, I think it'll be something for everyone. I mean, there's people that prefers acoustic stuff to cancer slug. So I think it's a cool thing. So, I mean, there's always going to be cancer slug as long as there's out. So, uh, this is just another extension of that. Right. I like, I like the, I like the acoustic stuff. I like that. I like the fact that it's, you know, sort of a different side of the coin as far as compared to everything else goes. It, 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 it lets you hear his like voice better in, in the songwriting. It's the strength of the songs. I mean, that's why for two decades, you know, it's, it's going strong and people, you know, love it so much. It's like, it's just, that shows the strength of the songwriting. So, um, it's fun. Okay. All right. <laughs> Thanks for being on, Cass. All right. No problem. Bye. We live or die. What keeps us going is this fire inside and I know. 